Aussie absentee here. Oh, oh, it's been a rough couple of days. It's been a rough 24 hours. Oh, we're all excited for Edge Baston. Semi-final. Never lost one before. We've never lost one before. Finchie! It nips back in! It nips back in! Oh, Finji! He's gone for a golden duck. Water! Water! You've redeemed yourself! We love you again! We love you again! Why can you make more runs? Let's go love runs! Oh! Oh, Smithy. Oh, you tried. I won't boo you anymore. Can't do it anymore. It's Jason Roy! It's Jason Roy! He's just so mean! He's so mean! He's hitting into all parts of the ground! Why can't he let a few balls go? Just a couple of dot balls. He's just scored so fast! And now they're in the final hall. And they're playing the Kiwis. The Kiwis. And we're gonna get a bloody, bloody song from Michael Wood. Oh, his last one was just so good. This is gonna be great. I'll tell you what though. What, what, what really tops things off, what really gets my goat, I've been dropped from two for none. <laughs> not enough jokes, they said. Not enough research, they said. You're always turning up late, they said. I'll tell you what. I'm going to take my talents to two for none, A. I'm going to feature on a bunch of county podcasts. I'm going to make so many episodes. So many episodes. Get my average right up there. Just so you can't ignore me anymore, I'm gonna bang on the selector's door, and I've got your, I've got your numbers, Pixie. The two for none selectors, watch out. You haven't heard the last from me. I'll be back for the Ashes series. All right. Welcome to a very sad episode of Two For None. My name is Patrick Cullen, and as you can tell, we are in a state of mourning. A state of mourning over here. 
There's one man who's not mourning, though, and he's sitting next to me. It's Alex Spinks. Spinksy, fantastic to have you on board, mate. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I paid $275 to get an APRA license to make this joke. Wow. And at this point, (laughs) I regret nothing. Dedication. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Bring the Enya down a little bit here. Um... You may have noticed, ladies and gentlemen, that we had a new correspondent there. Um, a new correspondent is, uh, of course, Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, uh, we, we wanted to have on the pod, and then look, as the chief selector of Tucson, it wasn't a case of um, not acknowledging the man's talent. It was a case of, uh, I have a party to go to this evening. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make it all work. Spinks, but yeah, um, it, this feels a, a bit like like here's he the Warnie. I am the McGill. This yeah. is uh, Warnie's dropping just before the '99 World Cup. <laughs> I, I come in for one game. I do a good job, but your World Cup's the Ashes, Bart. You'll be back. You'll be back, mate. He'll be back. He will absolutely be back. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's. Uh, I think it's my favourite start to an episode ever. That um, for sure, Spinksy, um, mate. It's been a bit of a shocker. Yeah, it's not wrong about how much of a bad 24 hours it's been. It's been a bad 24 hours. Yeah, it's been a big week just for sport in general. Like yeah. Barty dropping out in mm, Wimbledon on yeah, Monday. Yeah, that's one Barty gone. Second Barty dropping out on oh, two no. It's These two things Barty's. come in threes. Oh, who's the third Barty, Barty going to be? Oh, let's not name a family member. That would be too much. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pushing the envelope, I agree. Um, and, mate, uh, shellacking. Last yeah. night, there's no other way to put it. We got pumped. You're, you're talking about Queensland on Wednesday night. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was a good. That was a good night. That was, that was good. Time, I had, I had yeah. quite a good Wednesday night. Yeah, uh, but the Thursday. Oh, we're not. Not so good. Oh, it was. Some would say I horrific. I don't Spixie. know what you're talking about. Some would say we got absolutely pumped, categorically. No. Yeah. No, who's saying that? Yeah, well, who's saying that? I think you Where and I are, are going to spend a fair bit of time saying that at the end of this podcast, mate. I think that might be. Are we? <laughs> like, you don't know me. I'm, you don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, and that's that's a good point. I don't know what you're going to say. Um, okay, <laughs> look, they're, they're tears. Let's they're tears. let's just get it out nice and early. Tom K. Hawkey has sent in a tape. Has he? He sent in a tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sent in a tape and it's only three minutes long, but I I, I know in my heart what that three minutes is going to be. Yeah. Um, so I think- You got a decibel limiter yeah, on yeah, these tapes? I, yeah, I, You okay, know what? Cool. I actually have because there was so much howling in it that I mm. just bought that. I bought that down. Yeah, cool. Um, but Spinksy- we'll move it all together, if, if I'm honest. That'd, that'd be nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. We could just take it to, to, to zero. Yeah. Maybe. Thanks um, for your tape, Hawkey. Yeah. <laughs> Arabadechi, thank you very much. <laughs> Enjoy. You know, credit to Tom. Um, I got a message from his wife today. Uh, oh, did you? Spicy. I got a message from his <laughs> wife today. <laughs> I, did, I do not condone any of this behaviour <laughs> because they are. They where are, are they right now? I think they're in Bali on their honeymoon. On their honeymoon. Okay, oh, that's cool. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She sent me a message to say that on the first day of their honeymoon, um, Tom was recording a tape for two for nothing. <laughs> First day of my honeymoon, my fio- my now husband gave to, to me, me a podcast for cricket for thee. <laughs> you know what, Sphinx? You made that work very well, man. Yeah, I, I said thee three times. <laughs> and I'm thee with thee with thee. Um, so, look, we'll save Tom till the end. Mike- he deserves it. He deserves it. He does. Michael the Stuck Wood is getting on a plane to New Zealand and has just sent me a message to say that he's going to be unable to get a tape in. So, right. we're just going to have to imagine Michael's gloating. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Well, he's got a party to go to. He's got in a party New Zealand. To go All to? of New Zealand sent out the text message. He went, guys, i got to go. And I'm going to put this on here. Michael is going to be in New Zealand for the final, right? Right. And I'd, if New Zealand win, I'd like some audio from that event. Yeah, some footage. Some footage, some audio yeah. would be great. Put it up on the Facebook page. And I'd also like another song. Yeah, I'm a fan of the song. Yeah, I'm a fan of the songs. Yeah. I was looking forward to one tonight. So Buddy was looking forward to one tonight. At the look, I think the entire of Two for None Nation was looking forward to one. But um, here we are, Spinks. Yeah. You know? It's a shame. It's a so crying shame. What I propose is that we jump into some Jai Singh and yeah, we deal good. with this last match. And folks, uh, I assume if you've been listening to us for a while, you know the deal right now. Um, for the World Cup, we're getting our correspondents scattered all over the globe to send in tapes. Uh, when we will play the tapes, neither Spinksy or I have heard what these guys have to say. Um, and if we hear something that we think is interesting or or problematic or hilarious, we'll stop it by saying, hold up, hey, and um, talk some nonsense about it. And that's about as simple as it is. Spinksy, are you ready for some Jai Singh? I am ready for Mr. Singh. All right, let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. India headed into the second day of the one-day international against New Zealand. Yes, that sounds odd. English weather really is hopeless. In an excellent position, needing only sunny skies to finish the match and progress to the final. However, a few overs into their chase, their best hope was a complete washout before 20 overs, which would have seen them progress due to finishing higher in the group stage. That's how quick a turnaround it was. India kept New Zealand to a slightly below par 239 for 8 on a two-paced pitch offering seam movement. New Zealand had recovered slightly on the second day, after rain halted play at 211 for 5 after 46.1 overs. I was glad at the start of the tournament that the ICC had implemented reserve days, but in hindsight, what a terrible decision it was. It ended up playing right into the Kiwis' hands and dumping India out of the cup. Can I call a racist? Okay, I'll calm down. Jasprit Bumrah and Bhuvnesh Rakumar weren't quite at their best, bowling at the death first thing in the morning. Must have been a bit unsettling. They resorted to back of the length more often than not, rather than risking overpitching the attempted Yorkers. The 28 runs New Zealand added from 23 balls on the second morning gave them a bit of a psychological boost. That was apparent when Trent Bolt and Matt Henry took the ball, and the nervous Indian top three were all back in the dressing room in the fourth over with a paltry five runs on the board. Dinesh Kartik was promoted to five and scratched around to six from 25 balls before forgetting to kick the ball on the ground. Spinks, um, wasn't that an extraordinary piece of bowling there from Henry and from Bolt to just take apart the Indian top order? And as I said uh, my last time here, like Trent Bolt is a severely underrated bowler. Severely. He's just never mentioned, therefore not really rated. But he is an amazing proponent of left arm swing and seam bowling. Uh, him and Southie used to have a great partnership together, but him and Henry mm. at the top of the order in the one day is, is phenomenal. It may even be better in a lot of Yeah, senses. it is, because Southie's a swing bowler. He's, he, he needs his conditions to go for him, mm. whereas Bolt can bowl in any conditions. Uh, I was reading a stat the other day that in the last five years in India, I think he's either the second or the third best visiting bowler uh, in Indian and Sri Lankan conditions. Um, which is just amazing over the last five years. When you think of some of the bowlers that we've had, like Mitchell Johnson, Stark, yes. Anderson, Broad, like some even Kagiso, mm. uh, who's only young, but still. Uh, Bolt's just an amazing, amazing bowler. Yeah, and look, he, he really tied him up. He's been amazing in the tournament too. Uh, nine games, he's got 17 wickets at 24, best bowling of four for 30. So... I mean, he's he's sitting in the top ten, but um, as you say, mate, like, he he could be a lot higher than that. And you know, Chris and I said it on the pod last week, and it's really dumb and really obvious. But 
take early wickets. You take wickets in those first 10 overs, you get rid of the top three, and the team is scuttled. Yeah, and that's been both semi-finals, as we're going to get to. But you take three wickets in the first 10 overs, that's the game. It's done. Mm. You need like a phenomenal lower order batting performance to overcome that. Yeah, and, and, and you know, India, in this case, weren't able to, to make that happen. But to be fair to uh, India, their bowlers did that. Yeah. Like, they did the exact same thing in the opening 10. That yeah, you're the right. The New Zealand bowlers did and that the English bowlers have done. But, uh, so they took, what, Guptal for less than 10. They took uh, Nichols for less than 30. Yeah, and they got Williamson out a, a little while later. I mean, Kane only made 67 there, which is not very much for Kane. Oh, Kane, pick up your game, Come mate. on, Kane. Hey. Come on, steady the ship. Come on. Useless. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to Jai. Hardik Pandya was promoted to six and put on 47 with Rishabh Pant in 13 overs, with India's two power hitters striking in the 50s. Both, however, wasted the start and perished to slogs. MS Dhoni was held back until number seven, and India were down and out at six for 92 in the 31st over when he was joined by Ravindra Jadeja. Hold up, hey. Is it fair for him to say that they wasted their starts, considering no batsman got over, what, 74-odd in the game? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a very... I mean, like, like, Jadeja got 77. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about Jadeja later, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like they made good 30s on a tricky pitch. But they didn't waste a start in, in, in the same way as, you know, some others have wasted starts throughout the tournament. Yeah, I mean, Kartik's a bit of a weird one in there. I'm sure Jai will mention him, but, you know, 6 off 25 in a one day, even if you're rebuilding... But Kane Williamson was 6 off 25. At one point, like that was, True. it was a very slow game. It was an old school ODI game from the Wasn't late it? '80s. It was good to watch, like really, really good to watch. In fact, I really felt like this tournament has wound the clock back. Yeah, um, I think we're gonna we'll get to it when someone will mention it. But for for a tournament which everyone has said was about the batsmen, and England has you know half flat tracks, half tracks which are just breaking down because no one plays on them anymore. <laughs> um, this really has been the bowlers winning the matches the yeah. whole way through. And, like, you talk about Starkey's Yorker, you talk about Trent Bolt, we talk about uh, Ben Stokes coming in. Boomer. Bloody Boomer. <laughs> Love him. Love the guy. But it's really been a tournament for the bowlers. Uh, the only batsman we've really talked about in any awe is Shakib. Yeah. Uh, because he's, you know, from Bangladesh. And he's also a bowler. Yeah. And he scored 600 odd runs. He's the only batsman where we're like, a great tournament. Great tournament for him. Everyone else is like, yep, that's what we expected. Well, well, on Shakib, because just because you and I mentioned it off air, mm. um, he got he's sitting one behind Kagiso on the wicket takers list, yeah, and he's third or fourth on the runs list. Yeah, he has had like if if he went into the tournament going, I'm going to get the same stats as Kagiso Rabada. I'm pretty sure they're two runs apart. Yeah, same wickets. He like Shakib has gone for two more runs than Kagiso. I think it's three nine seven to three nine nine. If he went into the tournament going, I'm going to get those figures. Yeah, nah. You'd take that any day. Shakib Alassan sits between Kagisa Rabada and Wahab Riaz. Two fiery <laughs> pace bowlers. Like, as a, as, a, as a tweaker, as a bloke who bats three. Mm. That's insane. Yeah, those are brilliant figures. It's wild. Um, player of the tournament. Player of the tournament. Player of the tournament. Player of the tournament. Um, all right, all right, all right. Let's get back to Jai. Right. Needing 148 from 117 balls, with Tony struggling to score 
one of the unlikeliest victories briefly threatened itself as Jadeja transcended the conditions with a sublime and outrageous 77 from 59 balls, hitting four of the match's six sixes. Dhoni built up his own momentum to reach 50 from 72 balls before Guptil's pinpoint throw ended the chase as a contention. The chase didn't last much longer, and India lost by 18 runs with three balls to spare. I said in my tournament preview that India would lose to Australia by 27 runs in the semi. They lost to New Zealand by 18. I was out of details. So, Spinksy, we've got to talk about this run out, mate. Yeah, we do. What a freaking throw. And Guptil has, like, been absolutely amazing or absolutely poor in this <laughs> entire tournament. Like, he hasn't done any middling action in the field. He's either dropped sitters or caught screamers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, he's nowhere in between. This run out was obviously one of his screamers. It's obscene. Mm. The run wasn't on. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's, right, like, that's like, a great point. I mean, the run with, wasn't there. Let's, let's go back to MS Dhoni just not remembering how to play cricket like MS Dhoni. But also maybe Dhoni thinking that he's about 10 years younger than he actually is. Yeah, or maybe just bigger. He's a big boy, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, but maybe he thinks he's now as big as the statues they have of him uh, littered throughout yes, India. Yes, 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 yes. No, yes, you're yes, right, yes, I am yes. eight metres <laughs> I, I have a four-metre stride. The thing that's holding me back is the other runner. Oh, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's, that's held me back through my entire cricket career has been the other runner. That's oh, the yeah, problem. definitely. Well, that's because I use a runner. <laughs> it was I wild, get run out though. all the time because of them. And look, like, folks, my advice while you're listening to this podcast, quickly nip on the internet and just search Guptil Doni GIF or Guptil Doni Meme. I've saw one thought today. You better say Jif then as the as the alternative, and I was going to leave. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, I'm out. <laughs> Break. Just throw that yep. new towner down and head yep. out of here, Spinks. Um, I saw a great one today, which had um, Guptil as the priest in Kali Ma, you know, in yeah, Indiana yeah, yeah. Jones and the, mm-hmm. the Temple of Doom. The Temple of Doom. I thought it was Raiders. It might be Raiders. No, that's Raiders no. Lost Star. No, mm-hmm. it's, I'm pretty sure it's Temple. No, anyway, it's Temple. The, the second Indiana Jones film, and he looks. Two of the guys about to get the heart ripped out, and they just put a superimposition of Collie's face over the bloke, <laughs> of Tony's face over the bloke, and then rip his heart out. It's great. It's very, 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 very good. I thought you were talking about the face melting one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That that'd work as well. Yeah. Um, folks of the internet, please get around it. They're, in fact, you know the Kiwis this whole time have had some really great internet content. Uh, yeah, the niche. Niche. We've got to follow the niche. We've got to follow the niche, folks. Stop what you're doing. And I do like. I, I do want to say, just as you know, on record, that yes. I talk up the niche, and then very next game, he hits seventy five odd, saves New Zealand's. Oh no, sorry, ninety six odd, mm. saves New Zealand's innings. Mm. I just just got to say, niche, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad somebody's finally here to accept responsibility, Spixie. It's very yeah, well, good news. You know, he's, he's a real humble guy. He's not doing it himself. <laughs> but I think my main premise was pretty solid. So that's one positive I'm claiming. That's the summary. <clears throat> Let's talk about what went wrong for India. Sit down. This might take a while. In hindsight, playing Jahal was a mistake. He went for a runner ball on a four and over pitch and was the man Ross Taylor could target to kickstart the New Zealand launch. Shami could have been handy as the third frontline seamer in this match with Jadeja to keep things tight. I'm sorry to say the trend has continued of the wrist spinners being found out as the series goes on. They start out bowling in tandem and then there's only a place for one of them and then 
pretty much neither. Their problem is they haven't mastered the art of defensive bowling to keep themselves in the game when things aren't going their way. That's what Shane Warne did in the 1999 semi. The bowlers struggled to nail their Yorkers after the restart on the second day and bowled short instead. The rain didn't help India here, but it was a known factor once the game went into its second days. Second day. In a game of fine margins, a few extra runs at the death, particularly Bhuvi's short and wide ball to Santner, would prove costly. When India batted, I was very disappointed with how cool he played. There were stats circulating about how poor he has been in big knockout matches. He seemed to completely lose his bearings in this innings. I think he realised India had a big chase and was too psyched about having to play a big innings. In six balls, he was only in control on two, playing across the line to balls hitting middle stump and flirting with wide ones. Once Kohli was dismissed, India paid the price for the uncertainty surrounding their lineup. Far from having a team that had gelled together for a couple of years, they made significant changes in the last two matches. To be so unstable coming up to a semi-final is re recipe for disaster. India lost this World Cup by still not knowing their best side or best batting order halfway through the semi-final, despite four years of planning. They invested in numerous number fours, and then they took MS Dhoni in for his experience at five, but ended up hiding him at seven in the semi. Dhoni controlled the chase with um, that for company. Spinksy, I just wanted to talk quickly about Coley's record in big games. My favourite statistic of the year. Yeah. 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 yeah Let's talk about, about it. Um, this is Virat Kohli, and I posted this on the Two for None Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash two for none, all one word. Uh, Virat Kohli and World Cup knockouts. The last couple of World Cup knockouts, he's got a 24 off 33, a 9 off 21, 35 off 49, a 3, a 1, and a 1. He has 73 runs in World Cup knockouts and an average of 12, Spinksy. Yeah. Small game player is what yeah. some are saying. Mm, like, it's not... I think it's a bit hard on the man because if you look at the runs that the rest of the team got in those games, mm. he's not too dissimilar to the way the rest of the team has played. And, you know, a couple of those games were in the Australia-New Zealand World Cup. Which yeah, is which was not, punchy. Yeah, so it's not the conditions that suit him best. And also he's got, you know, what, 10,000 first-class um, one-day exactly. runs. Exactly, and you see him in 2020 matches, like... As he's the best all-formats batsman that we've seen because I think he's one of the first uh, batsmen that's come through with T20 his entire career. Mm. And so he, he's the first one to achieve the pinnacle in all three. So that's that's a bit tough on him. Yeah. However, yeah, yeah. it's also hilarious. <laughs> that in six World Cup knockout matches, the best batsman of the last decade can have a high score of 35 is just poetry. Isn't that wild? Isn't that really, really, really wild? Yeah, and what's his, his strike rate's around 50, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 52. Yeah, that's amazingly low. You know, New Zealand are... They're so interesting, aren't they? Yeah, it, oh, they're great to watch. They're oh, great, you're like... I love New Zealand. Like, they play Michael, such a... I give, I give the stuck a lot of stuck, but um, I, I thoroughly enjoy watching New Zealand play. Yeah, yeah, and like... That bowling performance at the top of the um, the New Zealand innings there is truly extraordinary. But it is interesting to note that from Coley, and I wonder what that's about. Um, you know, you see blokes like uh, Ricky Ponting and um, even uh, Sachin, you know, who, who mm. Coley gets compared to all the time, um, who uh, were very well known for being able to, to be around in those sorts of moments. Yeah, yeah. But I, like the thing I say about Virat is that he's not a natural number three. 
interesting point. He, Continue. He's, he's, not a, he's not a first drop batsman. Ricky Ponting is probably the best first drop that um, we've probably ever seen. It's a guy who can both take the shine off the new ball, can play the middle overs game, uh, has all the shots to deal with all of the conditions. Like Verrett's got all the shots and he's an amazing, amazing player. But he's a lot of those scores he's in before the third over. Mm. So he's come in real early. And he generally comes in because he's like, the order above him has been people like Sharma, Rahul when he's been playing well, Rahane when he was opening, who's Shikha a Darwin, yeah. Um, oh, Shikha Darwin, who's an absolute belter. Uh, he's come in when they've gone early and the conditions are not suited to that team, to their style of play. So he's playing first drop because the modern approach to one day batting is your best batsman should play number three. Mm. That's how, that's how they take it. Kane Williamson's number three. Joe Root's number three. Steve, Steve Smith. Smith should be number three. Um, Coley plays at number three, but he and Smith both, like Michael Clark, uh, only went up as high as four. They're better as number four batsmen. Mm, they're genuine middle order players. Yeah, just if they come in before the first ten overs, it's dicey. Whereas uh, they come in after ten overs, then they're absolutely going to tear you apart. Interesting, Spinksy. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Let's hear some more from Jai. He should have been controlling the chase as soon as the top three failed. We saw him play that role to perfection in Australia earlier this year. I don't think India followed the right blueprint once things went wrong. The assault on Shahal and the deer in headlights top order batting had ended the match as a contest prematurely. Pant and Pandya probably played the right way, but Dhoni should have batted at five. Karthik has never displayed the international credentials to steer his team through a whole innings under pressure. They wanted Dhoni there at the end, but there was too much for him to do. Maybe in his power hitting days, but not in his accumulator mode. He needed maximum time in the middle. Karthik was really promoted because they thought the pitch was too spicy and it was best to sacrifice him to waste deliveries while the ball was swinging. Those wasted deliveries ended up costing India dearly. They bided their time for a bit too long and ended up running out of balls in a chase of only 240. That it was the run rate that got out of control was the problem. Jadeja and Dhoni's partnership showed the match was very winnable. They were just always 10 runs short. The middle order, especially Kartik, were just overcautious in the rebuilding phase, playing out too many dot balls with no intent to tick over the scoreboard with risk-free singles. Dhoni's slow and steady approach in his old age has come in for criticism, but it almost came off when it counted. Jadeja played like the young Dhoni, hitting hard with fearless intent. If the top order had been able to play like Dhoni in the middle of his career, pushing the ball into the gaps and running hard, the result would have been different. If the plan was to leave it to the end, those higher up should have taken responsibility for whittling the target down as much as possible, so they didn't leave too much to the end. They probably overemphasized survival when the New Zealand bowlers had their tails up. Jadeja made it a much closer match than it might have been. His run out, his catch, his batting. He came in at 6 for 92 with the match over and made the highest score of the match by either side, striking at 130 with no one else who faced more than 10 balls struck at more than 82, to make it look like almost a contest for a while. As a batsman, he was on another planet. If he can play like this, there's a serious case for him batting at 7 in the future. Hardik showed the slow side of his batting at 6, and I've been thinking that 7 is probably too low for him. That would give India 6 bowlers and a varied attack like England's. With Pant looking good at 4, it's just a matter of finding someone to fill the position Dhoni is most likely vacating at 5. Kohli and Rohit will be 34 and 36 at the next World Cup, and it remains to be seen whether it will be a bridge too far for them still to be in peak form by then. Sachin Tendulkar scored almost 500 in 2011 on the verge of his 38th birthday, but he's the exception rather than the rule in most cases. 
Umrah should be at the peak of his powers, so India should still have a strong side in 2023. If Kohli and Rohit are still going strong, they might be irresistible. This result shows some big areas to work on so that India can be regarded as a champion team rather than just flat-track bullies with no backup plan. It was a good pitch for the seamers, but I think the main problem was the batsman's attitude. It wasn't unplayable. It was unplayable if you didn't adapt. That was where India's top and middle order had trouble, and it wasn't a surprise. That was the reason I never really saw India as title contenders unless they had a lot of luck. Never saw India's title contenders. They didn't have a lot of luck. Well, I certainly did, Spinks. I've been yeah, thinking that for a long team. time. Yeah. Um, the next World Cup's in India, so they'll be fine. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Ah, oh, well, we're yeah. cooked. We're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Just no chance. If we can even make the semis there, I'll be stoked. Yeah, um, it's unlikely. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes an interesting point there, uh, Jai does. I mean, Jai always makes a lot of interesting points, but... In terms of, of India's batting order, they, they, they didn't really ever feel as settled as they would like. But there's no doubt that India on any pitch, in any time, anywhere, could chase 239. Um, I think this game really comes down to an extraordinary bowling performance from New Zealand rather than a poor, I mean, a, a disastrous batting one from Yeah, and like you, you saw the middle order for both teams... Um like, they both scored. They both scored. We're not saying they didn't. Jadeja played out of his skin. Yeah, incredibly. But the op- the opening bowlers did their job for both teams. New Zealand's slightly better. Mm. But as soon as the those... Like, they using the two balls from both hands, and as soon as either of them wear after about the fourth or fifth over each, so around the tenth over, it's really hard to bowl really strong. That's where you need someone like a Pat Cummins who can find a wicket in those middle overs. Uh, Boomerah can do that. Wasn't able to this time. But, yeah, the bowlers did do well to begin with. I think they, they deserve the credit that they got there. But Henry and Bolt and then little Lockie Ferguson. Oh, no, little guy. Lockie Ferguson. Little pocket rocket. What a all shoulder. Oh, yeah. And uh, how does he bowl faster than Mitchell Stark? Yeah. what? Well, yeah. That's, that doesn't make sense. Starkey runs in off about a three-click run-up. He does about... Yeah, a- like that's his cardio. <laughs> that's why you don't see him in the gym. He just makes his mark around the second tier of the stands and barrels in. Lockie Ferguson, meanwhile, is running in off about four steps and just ripping it. Oh, it's just a bit bummered, like... Ah. Just, I, I, I can't say any more about him. He's I, I love him so much. Jesperate. Jesperate. I mean, for Notice me, me, it's just like credit so much goes to New Zealand rather than India not... Or India failing in some way. Yeah, well, this was New Zealand's game. Yeah, these are their conditions. Like New Zealand is a rainy place, and the it pitches is. are two page two paced all green tops. So like this suited them really well. Can you remember the last time you saw a one day ago over two days, Spinksy? And what effect do you think that had? I, I genuinely cannot remember the last. Time I can't I've seen remember that. one either. No, um, I think uh, it. Quite, I think it might have hampered New Zealand more than it happened. India because they were still in their innings. Like the fact that they got an extra twenty eight runs or so after the break was like amazing. That was all credit to them because they they have to get in again for three and a half overs. India played all of their innings on the same day, so that should have played into their favour, but it obviously didn't. Didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, credit to the Kiwis, mate. Credit to the Kiwis. And unfortunately, Spinksy, this leaves us with only one game to deal with. Uh, yeah. And that means we've got to go and, and turn to Tom. 
um, mm. and deal with that. So I think we just approach this like a Band-Aid, pal, yeah. and we just rip it off yeah. and we just dive into some Tom. Oh. So here is Tom Hawkey from England. Look, before he starts, yeah, like, all, all credit to them. <laughs> <laughs> Played a good game. Is there anything you need to say to your father-in-law at this point? Oh yeah, so I got a call from the man. <laughs> this one, I, I talked a big game last time on the pod. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you and me both, pal. He he didn't really know what a podcast was. Ah, I made him listen to it. <laughs> I had my wife telling me how to do it. I had my sister-in-law telling me how to do it. I had my brother-in-law telling me how to do it. Even my mother-in-law, who just doesn't care about sport. Made him listen to it just so I could laugh. That was a good team effort. And uh, this morning at uh, around 3 3 a.m. Australian time, (laughs) I I stayed up to watch the game. I I, I stuck it through to the end. He's gotten up early for work, uh, caught the end of the game, called me, hoping I was asleep, was disappointed (laughs) I wasn't. Didn't get much out of me, but the, the ringing words were, do you enjoy that one? Sorry, he's from Birmingham. Do you enjoy that one? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so fair play to the man. Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. All right. Um, Spinks, I think you handled that really well. Yeah. That's some difficult circumstances. Dignity and grace. That's a sticky wicket. Let's hear from Tom K. Hawkey from England. Hi there. Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. As mentioned previously, I'm now on Honeymoon. I'm currently on Lembongan Island, which you will be dying to know is 218 times smaller than <laughs> Island. I thought I'd come to the beach to reflect on yesterday's semi-final, hence the sweet sounds of the waves lapping the Hold edge up, of hey, the just beach in before the background. We, before we keep going, Hold up, hey. That, that, that sound in the background is the single most Australian noise <laughs> that you could possibly send to a British person. Like, oh, do you hear the waves? <laughs> Can you hear the sun? Mm. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. He is trolling us on a level that is just... I I have to applaud. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Well done, TK. All right. Back, All to, right. back to the waves. Yeah, back to the so, waves. first came the all-important toss, which... Ho- hold up. There's a boat approaching. Everyone on board is wearing some sort of garish green and gold outfits. Oh wow, it appears to be the Australian cricket team. They must have decided to take a holiday, seeing as they haven't got much cricket to play for the next few weeks. Let me see what they're up to. Aaron Finch just jumped into the water and is playing with a shiny bath toy. I think it's... yeah, it's a golden ducky. Meanwhile, I can see David Warner playing around on the promenade on his skateboard. Oh, he's coming in now for a grind, and yes, he's found the edge. Well done, Davey. Way in the distance, I can see Steve Smith trying to start a fire. Close to him, there's a beach party going on. Oh, Peter Hanscom's just arrived at the party. A little late, but better late than... No, 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 cancel that. He's already at the party. (laughs) Alex Carey is swimming in the tranquil waters. Oh, he's in trouble. I think he's stuck on something. It looks like a a periscope is pulling at his shorts. Oh, dear. He's been caught by a sub. (laughs) Steve Smith is continuing to work on that fire. 
Marcus Stoinis is chatting up a lady of questionable morals. <laughs> oh dear. She's just thrown her drink in his face and stormed off. Looks like he can't pick up a wrong'un. <laughs> ben Maxwell is slamming back tequilas. Oh, that's embarrassing. He's just missed his mouth entirely. He was far too early on that shot. Pat Cummins is coming down the beach to my right, but I don't think he's seen that someone's dropped an ice cream. Oh, he's fallen to the slip. Such a pity. <laughs> Smith is really frantically working on that fire. It is looking good, but... Nope, he's run out of fuel. Looks like he won't be producing any ashes anytime soon. Mitchell Stark immediately ran over to try and help get it going, but he just wildly wafted a bit of wood around in the air to no avail. Still no fire. Jason Berendorf is marching up and down a nearby Sanju with what appears to be 10,000 men. Oh, he truly is the grand old Duke of York. And that just leaves Nathan Lyon clinging to a rock. His team have left him stranded. Anyway... England played perfect cricket and absolutely crushed the Aussies. A week ago, my wedding was the happiest day of my life. Winning this semi-final was a close second. Onward marches this exceptional team, and surely the Kiwis will be no match come the final on Sunday at Lord's. Well, well, well played, sir. That is a fantastic piece of work from yeah, Tom. I want to know where he's been keeping that book of puns. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, I got one. Oh, as yeah, far as I, I know, Tom Hawkey, I believe they're all in his brain. Uh, that was fantastic. That's very, very good. I think oh, I was a bit harsh on Kerry. Someone did hit him in the head. <laughs> But uh, I like Stoinis checking up a woman of questionable morals. He can't pick a wrong'un. <laughs> oh, that actually makes me feel better. I didn't expect yeah, to come I, out of I, that feeling better. I'm quite pleased with that. I, yeah. I, I think Orky deserves a raise. Yeah, so do I. I mean, or at least his wife deserves for them to be able to enjoy the rest of the honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. I, really I hope you lose like- tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they really did get to go to the beach. Um, thank you, TK. That was absolutely wonderful. Brilliant. You're a, you're a superstar, mate. Um, really, really good. And they, the Poms, Sphinxy played out of their skins. Yeah. We just got to say it. They, as I was saying off the air, I, they did. I, I really thought that that pitch was a bit too paced. Just like watching the batsmen struggle, watching them not be able to find the middle, the edges getting away. I thought, oh, okay, if it's too paced pitch... 230's okay. 230's okay. D- J- Jason Roy's hit hit 80 or 50. <laughs> um, don't you miss James Vince? I really miss James Vince. Yeah, I haven't heard a bad word about him. You know what? I hear he's a wonderful man. He is. He's a team player. Team player. Comes into, you know, a spot that he's not normally used mm-hmm. to playing. Mm-hmm. Does a job for the team. Does a great job. Team first. Yep. Team first. Like, he, he supported the rest of the other nations in the World Cup with and his you know performance. He's done wonderful things for Zing Bales. He has. He, he, he has. got them front and centre. Yeah, they're going to be the next sponsor on his bat. Yeah, I think they might be. Yeah, um, I think it's the only way he hasn't gotten out is hit wickets. So. 
<laughs> you know, next up for Vincey. Next up for Vincey, bring it into his life. Oh, I miss you, Vince. Look, uh, we were we were talking about it off air, mate. But the 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 runs scored by our mate um, Jason Roy have been serious. JJ Roy, he's got seven matches, right? Six innings, four hundred and twenty six runs at seventy one. Phenomenal. You know, that is at least one or two less games than everybody else in that list. In yeah, some he's, cases, in the, he's ninth on the list. He's in the top 10. And he's one game less than Bubba Azam and about 50 runs behind him. And two games less than nearly everybody else. Because some of those guys didn't make the final, like uh, Bubba and uh, Shakib. But what's his strike rate again? Uh, 117. 117. The next closest is... Who's that there? Finchie at 102, and all of those were against Afghanistan. <laughs> now, now, mate, uh, uh, can you make the same point you made to me? So we were talking about the, the top 10 batsmen of the World Cup, right? The mm. most runs of the World Cup so far. And and so we got... I'm just going to list them down from the top. You've got Sharma, Warner, Shaki Balasan, Joe Root, Williamson, Finch... Johnny Bairstow, Bubba Azam, Coley, Roy, Faf C. And I was going to make the point that, you know, England have two players, three players in that, and Ben Stokes is sitting just outside of that, and how dominant that makes their batting lineup look. Mm. Um, Australia have two players there, but you made the excellent point that, that all of those runs for a lot of those other sides came against you know, teams of a second tier. Yeah, like, uh, like England lost a couple of games that they shouldn't. Uh, but on the whole, outside of, you know, who we got there, Shakib there, Kane's a run, he's got 50 in, you know, so many matches. Pardon me. And uh, Babar Azam. Everyone else's runs came against inferior teams, the Sri Lanka games. And, mm. the, like, I think the Sri Lanka game bumped uh, Martin Guptill's average up to 20. Like, it did m- marvellous for, for his average. <laughs> but th- those were big runs against inferior teams. Whereas, like, Shakib is in the inferior team. He's, yeah. he's in the team where he's scoring the most runs, uh, but against quality opposition. Like these are those, most of those guys are scoring their runs against Mitchell Stark and like Berendorf, um, Jofra Archer, Archer, Wokes, Henry, Bolt. Like they're the ones scoring List. runs against those bowlers. Yeah, yeah. And so like Shakib is what he's about 40 runs below Rohit Sharma with one less match. He's 40 runs below David Warner with two less matches. But his average is 10 runs above those. His strike rate is about similar to Sharma's. And he was playing against those teams. Can we say that um, Shaky Balasan is the real the real hero of the World Cup? Player of the tournament. Player of the tournament. Player of the tournament. Player of the tournament. Of the tournament. Um, all right. We're, we're trying to avoid talking about it, Spinksy, but we've got to get into it, mate. Okay. Um, Shaky Balasan is really, really, really... Uh, just, oh, and Jasper Bumro. So, what a guy. Finchie and Warner go out there. Finchie wins the toss. And and I will say this. I think I thought Finchie's captaincy has been largely pretty good. Yeah, he's, uh, tactic-wise, and these rotation of the bowlers, what it has, it has. It's been, I think it's been really solid. Um, but he got a golden to Jofra mm. um, in a very Shane Watson, Watson-esque way. Oh, remember the days? <laughs> remember when your opener averaged 50 and you thought he was really bad against the swinging ball? Yeah. Like, oh, this guy averages 50. He should be out of the team. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. What a big front pad, though. I feel like Shane Watson's front pad was the size of a small African nation. Yeah, you can uh, bowl a fifth stump line and still get him LBW. Yeah, it'd be extraordinary, wouldn't it? Um, so he went for a golden, and that was not a great start. And then Warner and Hanscom went so quickly behind him. I feel so sorry for Pete. 
Why do you feel so him. sorry for Pete? Well, because he was he was he was like the, probably the most hard done by besides Wade to oh, um, yeah. to miss out on selection. Yeah. Um. Like ideally, if you know you didn't feel bad for the guy, Hanscom probably should have been in in place of uh, Usman Khawaja once Warner returned to the squad, and that's been the talk of the whole World Cup. The whole World Cup, everyone's saying, oh, Usman's not playing too well. Oh, if mm. only we had Peter Hanscom. If only Steve Smith was at number one, at uh, number three, sorry. Oh, Peter Hanscom gets his chance. Kawaja's injured. Gone. <laughs> like, and four it's his only well. game of the World Cup. Yeah. His average is four. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It's a great average. Yeah. Love that. And he, he had to come into the squad and he all of a sudden he's in the game on, what, the seventh ball of the game. Yeah. Like that, oh, not sorry, Smithy came in. 20th ball of the game. game. Yeah, yeah. He's got to come in and do a job, and he gets bowled. He gets castled by yeah. Wokes. Yeah, and look, Wokes bowled out of his skin. He did. He? I've, n- I've not seen him bowl that well. Like, he's good. He's a good sure. bowler, but. He bowled incredibly he in did. this game. Um, and, mate, can we just say it right here, right now? Because you brought up the W word, so we've got to say it. Wade. Wade, Wade, Wade. Wait, 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 wait. Wait? Wait. 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 Whose cat has that bloke run over? MS Donies. <laughs> We've established this. I, 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 he killed a cat. I mean, in the wake of Sandpaper It Gates, is a wake. Uh, like, that's what today felt like. Yeah, yeah. That's why I played the end year at the start. I'm yeah. going to play us out with some end year too. You, you. What I want to know is, what I want to know is Matthew Wade... What does he have to do? Why? Where is he? Where did he come from? Where did he go? Cotton Eye Joe, etc. Um, well, this, this, right, this, this is a, a real big conversation that I have with a lot of cricket fans is the Australian selection since the end of our golden era. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Around 2008 when we lost Warren, McGrath, Hados, Langer. Langer. Yeah. Like when we lost all these great, great players, Hussey wasn't too far behind. Yeah. Um, Damien Martin like these brilliant players our selection since then has been we need to have youth in the team and we need experience oh but the old guys aren't good oh, oh but the younger guys aren't good <laughs> in, in the, wait but um, alright so we need uh, Ricky could you just score a triple cool, uh, cool. oh you're out of form okay um, like that has been it and then the last 12 months is like without Smith and Warner being the team like, well, we need to blood blood some more players so that's when like Maxwell could get a bit of a run oh no but we won't play Maxwell so uh, Hanscom Hanscom you can come to the, come to the squad like oh you're good oh, you're not in the team okay uh, who else we got we'll here bring a Marsh back we'll get a Marsh in yeah um, oh well which Marsh both of them both of them, both of them. Ah, yeah, great. neither of them both you of scored them. 100 on a flat track mm. in a draw yeah you're draw. in the team you're yeah, get vice in. captain oh, no you're out of the team like <laughs> it is it is the most Bipolar approach to selection. Like I know, uh, Mister Singh has been complaining about the Indian selection mm. throughout the uh, just at least the World Cup, but their selection for the last four, five, six years has been pretty spot on. Yeah. Whereas the Australian one is just scattershot, and so when you have these players like Wade who are you know into their thirties, and you know you might be scoring good runs but we don't want another Voges we don't want another guy who could threaten Bradman's average because you played in the West Indies mm. like they they're avoiding that now and so they're bringing in these younger guys who are quality the quality batsmen but they just refuse to go to the man because maybe he complains a bit too much he's, he's the captain of his 
He was the captain of Victoria for a while, and he said captain some things that they didn't Tasmania like. Tasmania as well, yeah. Yeah. Is Payne not captain? Good there? point. M- Payne plays test matches, Correct. though. So, Payne Wade is yeah, the captain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But so he said some things that the team didn't like at one point. Like he really feels like um, a, another recurrence of Simon Cadditch's career mm. towards the end of his time. Wade and Smith don't have, and now Payne don't have the relationship that uh, Michael Clark and Cadditch had. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. You yeah. know, you punch someone in the head. <laughs> <laughs> but it does feel like that. Like Wade uh, doesn't feel like part of the team mm. in the image that it is now yeah. they have an idea of what they are and wade's not that and so it doesn't matter what he does he's not coming into the team he came into this team as third or fourth injury cover mitchell marsh got back into the squad as cover that's because it was to cover stoyness as an all all-rounder but still mitchell marsh came in first mm. then hanscom then wade like, he's just not a part of the team and they don't yeah. want him there. And that's... And look, me. I feel like he could have been useful. I don't know, mate. I mean, Stephen Smith... Stephen Smith was the only reason that we had the vaguest of chances in this game. We yeah. didn't put enough runs on the board. We got demolished early. England bowled out of their skins. And Smithy was was Smithy, you know? Mm. he's He's been a cut above out of the batsman for so long that... Um, and, and watching him work is a glorious thing. His driving down the ground was beautiful. His like straight, like really straight drives that like just pass the bowler. I mean, oh, they're amazing. Extraordinary. To watch. And and so often you see two balls in the same area with Smithy, and he hits them to completely different areas. Yeah. Um, he operates on a different framework. And look, the run out that got him was, I mean. I think that Steve Smith is such... Uh, this is me reading into it, right? So mm. so what do they call it when you put like human emotions onto animals? Anthropomorphism? Yeah, I think I'm doing that with Steve Smith's emotional state. Okay, but cool. But I think he gets... I thought you are like, he is human. You, you can give him emotions. <laughs> a human being experiences emotions. I think that um, Smith, he gets so into batting that he gets like hyper-focus. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that maybe the other batter yelling at him saying run or don't isn't yeah and i think that comes from you know he was captain for so long yeah and when you're captain for so long if the other batsman's not listening to you they're at risk of their place mm. or their position in the order or what they're gonna hear so about when he can get like I, I distinctly remember a moment in a one day game when I think Michael Clark was captain, but uh, Ricky Ponting was still playing. Mm. And Ricky's gone for a catch, which wasn't his. Smithy was closer in the field. I think uh, Smithy was at backward point and Ricky Ponting was at mid-off. And But Ricky's charged in because he, he's the guy. He's been yeah, the captain yeah, yeah. for so long. He's been, he was our best batsman of the 21st century. And he's run in and he's managed to take it, but he's collided with Smith at the same time. And Smithy's young. That's when he was still regarded as the next Shane Warne. But he's all apologies. He's like, I'm sorry, uh, ex-skip. I didn't see that. And Ricky Ponting has given him a death glare that would have just melted the veneers of a 75-year-old woman. (laughs) Just, it was acid, the look he gave him. Because Ricky has been the top guy for so long. And now he's he's ceded it to a guy who he doesn't necessarily like in Michael Clark, But he still wants to keep his position. He was just, oh, Mm. daggers at Smith. And he wouldn't listen to the other players saying it wasn't your catch and I feel like Smith is not necessarily that you know this is my house but his frame of mind 
is so built around this is how I do things and everyone else fits in around me. So like the ugly run outs he's had with Stoinis yeah. you know, over the last 10 matches, this run out himself, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, it just feels like he's he operates on his own level mm. and he's amazing because he operates on his own level and in his own way, he's a phenomenal batsman. But the team doesn't seem to click with him. Yeah. And so that's going to be interesting with the Ashes coming up. Surely is, mate. Surely is. The other bloke we need to talk about is Alex Carey, who batted out of his skin and, and got a lot of um, comparisons back to Rick McCosker in the 70s um, mm. for taking a blow in the head. And he bled profusely, ended up with seven stitches, I believe. Yeah, that's a nasty cut. That's a really nasty cut. And he had the wherewithal after the helmet got knocked off his head by the bouncer to grab it one-handed before it hit the stumps and got him <laughs> out, which really would have cooked us. Um, that would have been the last thing we needed there. His 46 was, was very good. And... Mm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about him coming into the side but uh, for the Ashes. But as you mentioned to me, and I agree with you, Spinks, Wade. 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 Like, Wade, uh, Wade, 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 right, Wade. Just off the top of your head now, who, who's your who's your top seven? Top six, sorry. Payne's at seven. Okay. Uh, Warner, Marcus Harris, um, Kawaja. Warner, Marcus Harris, Kawaja, Smith, um, Wade. <laughs> Wade. Um, Stoin. Um, and then Payne, Payne and then your bowlers. Yeah, then the bowlers. Mm. Okay, I wouldn't have Stoin there. Well, I think he's the incumbent. Is he incumbent or is, but Labuschagne's been playing out of his skin. Labuschagne has been playing out of his skin. And he can feel that all around a roll. Yeah. It's not necessarily minus. pace bowling, but Stoinis isn't pace bowling either. No. Like, he bowls as much as fast as Shane Watson did six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, Warner, Harris is the incumbent but so is Burns but Burns hasn't played as much but you know those two there I'd even put Harris's opener and Burns at first drop at Oof. the moment which is tough on oh because Wizard's injured he might yeah. not be back in time exactly okay yeah so yeah, yeah, put yeah. Burns in at first drop then Smith at four put Hanscom at five mm. Wait, no sorry Wade at five Hanscom mm. at six Payne at seven, seven. yeah yeah and you can't drop Payne because he's the captain. Well, you can get Matty Wade to bowl some overs. You can, which he has done and kept wicket in the same matches. So What a gun. He's first time. Um, mate, Carey makes a 46. Glenn Maxwell makes 22 of 23. We've talked about Maxie at length. third highest score in the comp. Oh, thanks, Maxie. Whoop-de-doo. Um, <laughs> what, is, what was the stats I pulled up about Maxie before? Uh, I can tell you that Stoinis has 87 runs in the tournament at 14. Um, which is about as good as, well, not very good. Um, and Maxi has 177 at 22. Yeah. Um, like, I think Stoinis has scored marginally more runs than Mitchell Stark yeah. in the comp. Yeah. And Maxi has uh, scored as many runs as you'd, you know, as one of the bowlers from yesterday, Shane Warne. Yeah. He's, he's hit Shane Warne batting numbers. Yeah. It hasn't been great. And look, the Dorf and Lion weren't there for very long and, you know, whatever. But I think that we really have to give credit to the Poms. As much as it hurts me to say that, Wokes bowed out of his skin, three for 20 off eight. You know, he's going for 2.5 and over, which mm. is just huge. Joffre Archer was intimidating. He was rapid. He bounced Warner out, like, brilliant. And Adil Rashid, mate. Adil Rashid had his best bowling figures of the tournament. Yeah, so Smithy and Carrier... You know, murdering along a little bit. Like, oh no! Before Kerry comes in, there's a rebuild coming. There's a yep, rebuild yep, happening. Yep. Smith looks in Imperia's form. He hasn't had a good last couple of games. Big game player, semi-final. Virat Kohli. This is how it's done. 
Then Adil Rashid just turns around to the rest of the team and goes, Hold my beer. I think I'm going to do my best bowling figures of the tournament, guys. <laughs> will that yeah. be okay? Yeah, with I think, everybody I think else? I will. I think, like, hear me out. <laughs> I might get two wickets in one over. Ugh. And, like, Stoin could not have picked <laughs> that wrong and worse he if he tried. Uh, it was a shocker, mate. Like, Stoin can bat against his style of bowling. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. medium pace, pace, straight, coming at off stump. Yeah. That's what he can bat against. Short boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a deal. Like, uh, he's great spinner and probably like England's greatest short form bowler. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of spin for quite some time. But I really wish he kept having a rubbish World Cup. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and mate, like how good was Jason Roy? Jason Roy was incredible. Yeah, I know. I miss Vince though. I mean, we obviously miss Vince. We we all miss Vince. I think that's that's well documented. But um, Jason Roy was extraordinary. Yeah, and he makes such a difference to this team. Like those, what, three matches that he was out or two matches that he was out. Like the sky was falling on the English team. Like the entire, all the press, the sun, because that's what it does, and the mirror, the telly, they were hounding this English team. Mm. They've lost their way. Are they flat track bullies? The last four years is all for nothing. All because Jason Roy wasn't there. Bring him back in. Champions. Yeah. We're going to be champions. Yeah. And listen, like he just makes he makes such a huge difference. And I thought he played um, out of his skin. Yeah. And um, as we said earlier, his strike rate is 117. It's the best strike rate of any batsman in the top 10. Best batsman, uh, best strike rate of any batsman who's scored over 200 runs. Uh, he, he makes an impressive difference to this team. Massive, massive. I'm just pulling up his stats here, mate, because there's a lot of talk of him now um, coming into the test side for the Ashes. Terrible decision. Do you think so? Yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you say your No, first. no, not at all. I mean, I was just going to bring up his, his first class. He averages 38 in first class cricket. He strikes him at 82. Mm. Um, and that's after 81 matches at county level. So 38 isn't bad. I mean, the operation that Chris and I run is that if you're not averaging over 40, then you shouldn't be in the side. Yeah, but Marcus Harris averages 37 in uh, first class. Minus Shane averages 33. Um, oh, maybe you shouldn't be in my team. <laughs> right? Um, so, uh, but that all being said, um, oh, he's born in Durban, South Africa. I was going to well. say, like, he is the best South African playing for England since KP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Butler's a Saffir, isn't he? I did not know that. Yeah, I think he is. Um, I'm just going to pull him up too. I thought he was a little Essex boy. Uh, Joss. British uh, Public Schools, which is their private schools. Which makes no sense. Um, they invented the language. They can uh, do what why, they want with it. Why are you against uh, Jason Roy being being in there, mate? Why are, you, why are you against him being in there? Oh, no, you're right. He's born in Somerset. I was absolutely wrong about that. I take it all back. Um, <laughs> that's me being an idiot. Why are you against Jason Roy being in the test side for England? Because, like, he's not tried, so I might be a little bit old school in that way of thinking. But the English test lineup is pretty solid the way that it is. Mm. And, like, who, I'm trying to think who their openers are at the moment. I've completely... Oh, play. What's his name? Keaton Jennings. I'm a massive fan of. Are you a massive fan of Keaton Jennings? Massive fan of Keaton Jennings. Yeah, I, right. He's a great style of player. Um, I feel like I'm defending Sean Marsh when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I've forgotten his name. 
just pause pause the pod for a But what you're saying is, Spanksy, that their their lineup's pretty solid and they should yeah, be messing with it, mate. And uh, Roy's not a grinder. And I know that's something that was leveled at David Warner early in his career yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, these kinds of players. But uh, Keaton Jennings, who I quite adore, Hasib Hamid is the other batsman, who isn't playing great at the moment, but he should be there. They're my openers for England. Then you got Joe Root at three. Yeah. I think Owen Morgan deserves another crack coming oh. back in. You got Bairstow, you got Butler, you got Stokes, you yeah. got Moen Ali still in there as your spinner, yeah. maybe. And then you got your pace battery, your Anderson, Broad, and uh, Wokesy. Yeah, and maybe you know, Plunkett. Maybe Plunkett, maybe Wood. You know, they've yeah. got they've got a lot of options. Mate, uh, the good news is that Australia A have been playing out of their skin. Yeah, well, Matthew Wade's been playing out of his Matthew skin. Matthew Wade, but also the bowlers have been doing really well too. So, yeah, oh, Hazelwood. Did, Hazelwood. Have, didn't we miss him? Oh, so much. Didn't I, we miss him? I said that with Chris really early in the pod. But yeah, but if, yeah. if Hazelwood was in, Berendorf wouldn't be in. True. And I do love the door. So what's your trade-off? <laughs> um, New South Welshman or a Perth boy? Oh, boy. I, I can't make that sort of trade-off. Okay, so I, can't, I shouldn't I can't have asked you. I shouldn't have asked you to do that. But what I will say is that that's great news, right? So that's... Even that's, Mitchell Marsh has been playing well. Well... Which is amazing. Like, I, I'm a fan of the man. <laughs> If, if you're going to get me to support one guy from WA, yeah. it's going to be Mitch. Well, well, it's going to be Mitch. Well, listen, mate. It's at this point that I'm going to start bringing in the Enya because I think that... Um, Mood killer. Yeah. Well, well, that's how I feel about Mitchell Marsh. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he'd do a bloody great job if he got back in the side, even though I've fallen off that bandwagon a little bit. Spinksy, time's come to end the pod. Um, And while there is some hope for the future, for the Ashes series upcoming, I think it's safe to say that uh, a time has come for us as Australians to take a big hard look at ourselves. Yeah, no, I'm with you there, mate. (laughs) Big hard look at ourselves. Yep, got to to support the little brother. Go New Zealand. Go New Zealand. Go New Zealand. It's the first time in my life I'm going to pull on a black cap. And I'm going to say to myself, that ship needs to be steadied. I'm going to look to the east for that beautiful beard to come sailing across the waves and I'm going to pray to, towards Christchurch <laughs> <laughs> to Stewart Island to Stewart Island I'll pray to Stewart Island the, the ancestral home of all good cricket <laughs> and go those Kiwis oh Kane come on come Kane. on Kane this is your moment this is your moment McCullum fluffed his he stuffed it you're going to take yours mate your time is now Kane come on son Come on, my son. Thank you very much for listening to us, ladies and gentlemen. You're a bunch of legends. Um, And Spinksy, any final thoughts from you before we sign off? Uh, I tweeted Stuart McGill, wanting him to, uh, like, maybe give me the thumbs up for being the Stuart McGill of two for none. And I got a reply, and he said no. (laughs) So, uh, I guess this is me signing out from the World Cup. Thank you, Spigsy. Thank you for being here. Filling the void left by one CTB. Bardo's going to be back in the selector's chair. He's going to be back as the number one for two for none on Monday. Go those Kiwis. Thank you very much, everyone. Go those Black Caps. Go Black Caps. Go Black Caps. Go Black Caps. Who can say?